Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 26 of Pigskin Denial. I'm Wally Lukashinsky, and I'm joined once again by my buddies Casey Mock and Hayden Ramsey. Let's say hello to the boys. How are you two doing tonight? Doing great, man. We had our Thursday night practice on Wednesday. That's why I was a little late. A little drama going on with the coaching staff. It's kind of funny, typical. Uh, I mean, you guys know I talked about it a lot last year. But just kind of the same stuff going on um, between two different coaches. It's it's kind of funny, but also kind of distracting. So I, I hope it doesn't really affect our play because we do play tomorrow on Thursday and not Friday this week, which I'm actually excited for because, one, it's a big game. And then, two, I don't work Friday either, so I get Friday off. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then really excited for this weekend of Big Ten football games and – to be honest with you, SEC football games, there's a couple big games in the SEC this weekend as well. Well, hopefully you stay out of that coaching drama as best you can, Casey. You got to be head coach there before too long. But we'll go over now to Hayden. Hayden, what's going on in your world? How's your practice week been going? Oh, it's going. We uh, we got hit with a little bit of the COVID bug. So uh, we are a small group already, and we've gotten a little smaller. So we're working on uh, filling some gaps, I guess I'll I'll say. You need a Bishop Sycamore kind of stand-in. You call me up. I'll be there on Friday. There's a couple guys that are – not a couple. There's one guy that's bigger than me on the team, which makes me feel like I could kind of fit in. And I was like, I, I, I'll just suit up. That would be really fun. Call the game right from the sideline. Like, or no, right there on the field. You're just sitting here like – got the headset or whatever you need that what's the damn thing in in the nfl they have the green stickers for the quarterbacks and leaders you just have to have the headset in the helmet you'll be good there you go bring that technology to arcadia and and i'll love you yeah i'll do my best man but otherwise over here on my end oh by the way by the way braves just scored they're up 1-0 they are going to they can't clinch the division tonight but they can pretty much do everything but clinch and quite frankly, they've already done that. They're up three and a half games with about six, to, no, five to play. So it's going to take a miracle for the Phillies, but I'm happy about that. It's poor Mets. I know. I feel bad even piling on here because, Casey, you know I don't like to pile on, but I saw a crazy stat about the Mets that I wanted to bring up. Just, I know. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, a Pirates let's fan. Let's hear. I can't wait, man. I was going to say, I'm about to just hope for my Pirates team to avoid 100 losses, and that would take winning out. So, no, I don't feel that bad. But you guys had, I want to say, a franchise, or not a franchise, but an MLB record most games in first place in a, what, MLB season, but also finishing under 500. And I thought that was both a testament to what happened in the second half, but also that the NL East was not exactly the strongest this year. So it would have been the perfect opportunity for a team like the Braves, Phillies, or whoever to slide in and, and take that division. But again, not trying to rub dirt there, Casey. Yeah, no no surprise there either. Pretty sure, I, I said this before, but I don't know if I've seen a team lose by one run or, or one or two runs in a season before. It's just incredible how they always seem to find a way to lose. Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's It's not been easy I don't pay a ton of attention about the Mets or traditionally in my life until I got to know you and in the last few years I'll watch 
the NL East a little bit more carefully because you both have a rooting interest. And even with that being said, in that short period of time, I'm like, wow, yeah, okay. The Mets do have a little bit of a gripe here. They they do seem to be pretty snake bitten for such a large market team. Braves just scored again. They're up 2-0, by the way. Bottom, bottom one. Hey, you're not helping anybody right now, man. The Braves run this division, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. I mean, it's been like five years in a row. Trying to order dinner while listening to this crap is uh, no bueno. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, just a real quick update for me. Fun fact is that I will be in Columbus. I'll get to see Casey's game tomorrow, and then I'm going to hang out with him on Saturday. So we're going to have a lot of fun watching some, like you said, Big Ten, but we are going to be looking at the SEC too because there's going to be some great football there this weekend as well. Thanks for the invite, guys. Hey, if you want to come on down, dude, come on down. I just didn't think that you'd want to after traveling so much last week and with how Ohio State played when you came down the other time too. If anybody got my snaps from last week, they were blessed with some great – I don't even know what time. It wasn't even that late. Like, I'm just old. They, were, they got blessed with some great Snapchats of – I, I honestly, I don't even know what I said. I, I, I don't know. It was, I just know looking back the next morning, it was probably not, not great. Are you talking about Saturday night? Yeah, I was a lot more drunk than what I, I, it, I don't know what I thought I was. And when we I, left, we were walking back. I was like, oh God, I am gone. I was going to say, because like by the time I got there, it was pretty casual through like throughout the day. And then like the Ohio state game. And I think we're, I mean, at that point, we're just drinking so much without you really even realizing it, to be honest with you. Because, yeah, after you left and I went and sat by the fire, I was like, oh, whew, I need to, need to chill out a little bit. I had Hayden FaceTime me like two or three times on Saturday night, and I had to go verify it right now to make sure I wasn't getting the day screwed up. But yeah, he literally FaceTimed me two separate times, or three, like hours apart from each other. But the difference from those FaceTimes was remarkable. Just going from one to another, it was like, God, I'm so jealous that I'm not over there right now because I can tell you guys were, we're getting in one. But this weekend, it's Casey and my turn, so I'm going to do my best for you, Casey, to, to bring the party, so to speak. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And like I said, Hayden, more than welcome to come join and bring, bring Madison, too. She hasn't seen my house yet. Can't believe it, Hayden. You're just going to get uninvited by me now. I, I'm going to turn around and just be the person to say, I don't want you there because then what if the Buckeyes lose now? Every time you and I watch a game together, something bad happens Ooh, with Ohio State. Yeah, I, I better tell Lauren to uh, keep her car in the street or something away from away from the house and we're driving my car. <laughs> Hide the keys because her car has never been in more trouble than knowing I'm coming into town this weekend. But we are going to jump into our topics right now. Not a lot really going on, so it's more or less just a recruiting update. Once we get closer to basketball season, I'm sure we'll have a few more stories or topics to throw in here occasionally. But for right now, it's mostly previews and recaps, which I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of think this is my favorite time of year because it's just strictly football. Agreed. But what do you guys think about recruiting corner real quick for you guys? Any big news this week, basketball or football? Not Big news, I would say. Michigan just keeps reeling in these three-star guys. They got a big commit, like literally big guy. Kenneth Grant, 6'4", 335, um, out of Indiana, committed yesterday. He's a three-star, middle-of-the-road three-star, 87 rating on 247. He does have a pretty nice offer sheet, Ohio State being on it. 
and Wisconsin as well. I didn't check to see about any more. Calais Vanderbush, 6'6", tight end, uh, committed to Iowa two days ago. Deuce Spurlock, committed to Michigan. He's a three-star, 85 rated, just a bunch of three-stars. Penn State got a three-star offensive tackle. He's a big boy, too, 6'6", 320. This is all for football, by the way. I obviously been saying tackle, but on the basketball side of things, I believe we have been pretty dry unless I completely miss something. Ohio State actually got a recruit yesterday. I did not know that. Hayden, did you know that? You did. Four-star guy, you know, number 75 overall from Lake Highland Prep. Nice. Penn State got that center, uh, I said, last week, I believe, and that is it. I'm rambling on right now. Did you mention the guy that committed to Michigan State? Which guy? We talked about Dylan Tatum last week. No, in football. And he did end up pulling the trigger on Michigan State. So oh, I was just, that today? Yeah, I believe it was today. Just an interesting little in-state oh, battle dude. there between Jim Harbaugh and Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. Literally, literally just refreshed the screen and boom, Dylan Tatum popped up. That's interesting. I didn't see that. But, I mean, he's been trending Michigan State for a long time now. Not really a surprise there. At this point, I, I mean, I guess kind of because Ron Bellamy, didn't he come from West Bloomfield? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, um, I think he did. So there's still a lot of time left in that recruitment too. Michigan and Michigan State still have to play each other. Both teams are surprisingly 4-0. You know, if one team, I'm not going to hint at one of my predictions, but if one team starts to fall off the rails a little bit, maybe the recruiting updates will be a little bit more interesting that will be interesting, and I'm sure for a lot of Michigan fans and Michigan State fans, they kind of want it to stay dry, I guess, to stay a little slow for a while and let that play out until at least that matchup. It'd be nice to see a top 15 Michigan-Michigan State matchup again. It's been quite a while, I feel like. But anyways, let's jump right into a top 5 matchup anyways, or at least one of the teams are top 5 this week. Casey's Iowa Hawkeyes, number 5 in the country. They're going to Maryland. In this game, I was really disappointed when I saw the line because I thought that I was going to be one of the guys on the ground floor of a potential closer game than people thought or at least a potential upset, and that's not the case at all. Vegas sees this as only a three-and-a-half-point game, obviously in favor of the Hawkeyes. I'll go to you first, Casey, because you have been so high on this Iowa Hawkeye team this year. Are you as worried as I would be for them? Because this Maryland team, I feel like they do everything that would threaten Iowa in a game like this. They throw the ball really well, and they try to play in high-scoring games. Meanwhile, Iowa this year, not scoring all that much at all. I'm absolutely worried about this game. I've been fairly high on Maryland, I would say, out of all of us. And this is the ultimate trap game. Iowa has Penn State next week. This game is on a Friday night at Maryland. Everything really at Maryland's a quality team in my books. I think they could cause some real trouble with a lot of different teams in the East and throughout the Big Ten. So upset alert for sure. But ultimately, I think my Hawkeyes get it done. I'm actually going to take Maryland plus three and a half because I think that Iowa wins by a field goal. I'm rolling with the under. I don't think... I just think Iowa's defense is too good. I could see this game being 22 to 21, 24 to 21, not to 22, if, uh, whatever. Anyway, very interesting game on a Friday night, and I'm very happy that I'm going to be able to watch it. 
I didn't even consider that aspect that you would typically be at a game like Hayden's going to be. So you'll at least get to see this. Hayden, before I throw it over to you, I should point out, and I should have done this earlier, one of these weeks, I will remember. But last week, if you have been sticking around and following us closely, we've been doing this gambling competition between us. Hayden kind of dog walked us last week. Casey and I had really rough days. Casey was right around four units down. I was somewhere like seven units down. And I had been nearly 10 up in the year. Now it's kind of getting close again. So another big week from Hayden. And we might be looking at a very, very dead heat going into basically Big Ten play. But anyways, Hayden, we'll go back to you. So Iowa's a three and a half point favorite. The over-under is 48 and a half. What do you got? This game, I'm I'm really upset that it's on a Friday because I'm not fortunate to have a game tomorrow and get my Friday nights clean. So I will not be able to watch it. I really think it comes down to, you know, we've we've talked all year about how good Iowa's defense is. And Casey's been pretty high on Maryland and to his little bro, if they can move the ball on Iowa. And I think they can. I think they'll score some points, which makes me take the over. I think the over is going to hit here. But I, I think Maryland's defense is very not great. And I think Iowa will be able to run the ball pretty much as much as they want, which will produce them some more points than I think we've been seeing throughout the year. I mean, Iowa's going to have to play good to win this game, but I, I think they do. And I am giving Maryland the three and a half, I guess. I'm taking Iowa minus three and a half. I'm also taking the over in this one. This is one of those games where it almost gives me that, as an Ohio State fan, you think of those, the Purdue days, the Iowa, ironically enough, those kind of upset games and I feel like if you just look at the actual personnel and the actual talent on both teams, it doesn't look like Maryland should win this game. But the human element, I think, is going to play a major factor. This has got to be, and maybe you guys can correct me if you disagree, or at least give input if you disagree. I think this is probably Maryland's biggest game since joining the Big Ten. This feels like the biggest football game for them in a long time. You're 4-0. You have a lot of momentum and you have, all of a sudden you have your number five star or you have your five star wide receiver, Rakeem Jarrett. And ironically, he's not even the best wide receiver on the team at the moment with Dante Demas playing as well as he is. But Talia Tagovailoa too, you have an offense. And in this league with how there's not a lot of offense, it could be a way for them to kind of make themselves at least a player in the future. And if you win a game like this, you got to imagine, I hope that it is, but College Park typically doesn't have a great atmosphere. This feels like a game that they could have an electric one. And when you have an, an atmosphere like that and you're not used to it for a lot of these guys, I think Maryland is going to have a very big performance. I think Iowa might be looking ahead a little bit to Penn State next week. So I actually have Maryland winning this game outright 34-24. to Not that this game isn't close. I just think that it is back and forth throughout, and eventually Iowa's lack of offensive production finally gets the better of them here. The over hits, Maryland wins. Not a death sentence for Iowa by any means, but the idea of them making the playoff, I think, goes up in smokes this week. Yeah, this is uh, spooky season. Spooky season. Friday is October 1st. I love Halloween, and Iowa gets the treat of going on the road to Maryland to kick off the Halloween season. Not great vibes. Not great vibes for them, but I think they get it done. You say it with like 
too much of a smile because when I looked at this, Maryland's going to get Iowa or they're going to get Ohio State. Something's going to happen with them this year. And I just got a bad feeling. I almost want Iowa to fall short against Maryland this week because then you know Ohio State won't overlook Maryland at all and they'll take care of business. But if Maryland comes out, looks good, but Iowa gets the W, I will be a nervous wreck with the way Ohio State's defense has looked this year. But that's enough for that game. We'll go to our second game now, and this is a lot less intriguing, I guess we could call it. Charlotte 49ers are going to, once again, Illinois and Champaign to play that dreaded 11 a.m. kick for them out there, 12 p.m. for us on the East Coast. Illinois is a 10.5 point favorite. That felt weird to me. I know that Charlotte isn't exactly a staple in FBS football, but they've been competitive, and Illinois has not really been that since their first or win of the year against Nebraska. The over-under is 54.5. Hayden, am I crazy to think that Illinois might be in for more of a fight than I guess that this score reflects? Absolutely, and... This game, God, I am so, I'm still debating it. Like, I'm getting ready to make my pick. This game could be my super lock. Like, this could be my super lock. And Charlotte plus 10.5 is the ultimate bet here. I don't understand. I don't know how Illinois is a 10.5 point favorite. Charlotte has already proven, and not that they've beaten a great, you know, power five school, but they've already proven that they can they can play with power five competition. And we're not talking about an Illinois team that, you know, is super great. God, the 10.5 is so large here, Wally. So large. Casey, are you... I didn't give my pick away, but I feel like I kind of have. Are you kind of feeling like we are, that Charlotte plus 10.5 is to bet here? Also, when you get a chance, Hayden, when we come back to you, what is that over-under? No, sir. I'm actually going against both of you. I think that this is the time where Illinois kind of takes a breather real quick and, and realizes they have the better roster I guess I would hope you were right Hayden Charlotte had a good win against Duke but they also lost to Georgia State 20 to 7 which is kind of concerning to me didn't Uh, Georgia State just play with Auburn they should have won that game up 12 with like what in the fourth quarter I think it was 24 to 12 I didn't know we were all on the Auburn hype train now too uh but whatever anyway I just think Illinois is gonna cover I think they're gonna win something like uh 35 to 20. And with that score, I'm going to take the over. Illinois wins. I think the over hits and Illinois wins as well. I just don't think that it is by the score that Casey does. I think this is going to be almost like the UTSA game that they played, but in reverse. I think they get the last laugh, but this is a game that comes down right to it. I have it being 30 to 28. Maybe a little bit of the reverse of what they had happen to them in West Lafayette over the weekend. Maybe a late score pushes them over the top. But I think it's going to be a dogfight. And if they lose this game, I mean, there's not a lot of winnable games left on that schedule as is. Really important for Illinois to win this game. But I think they do it. Hayden, what did you end up deciding on over under a 54.5? I've decided a lot in the last two minutes. Here it is. Charlotte plus 10.5 is my super lock. Put the two units on it. We're going. We're rolling with them. And I'm fading both of you. We're taking the under. You both took the over. I'm taking the under here. 54.5. We talked all year about how we don't trust Illinois' offense. And Illinois' offense is trash, for lack of better words. I mean, it's abysmal. I don't trust it. So take the under. 
and the super lock. Super lock is one and one. Last week was unfortunate. This week, the super lock is back. Don't give up on that super lock. And I will be talking more about Auburn too. So I saw that look on your face, Casey. We'll get into them here in a little bit when we get to Penn State. But this next game, Minnesota at Purdue. I really wish Minnesota won last week for the simple fact that I feel like this could have been a sneaky game that at least you throw on the tablet on TV number four. You might have a game come around 245 that you might actually want to see the ending to. Now, all of a sudden, you don't really have any kind of lead up to it. It is just two teams that I think the only lead up that you can make a case for is that this might be a game that you look back on that one of these teams are regretting losing because of bowl eligibility. Minnesota is a two and a half point dog going to West Lafayette. But I'll give you guys mine here first on this one. I'm actually going to go with Minnesota. I'm going to go with PJ Fleck to get the boys to kind of respond here and and kind of have at least a better performance. And I think it doesn't take a much better of one because I don't think Purdue's very good either. I'm going to use the money line as well because it is within the five points here for Minnesota. The over-under is set at 47.5. I'm sitting under as well. 23-17 final score for the Gophers. Just a couple quick notes before I throw it over to you guys. But Jeff Brom and P.J. Fleck, they came into the Big Ten together, so they've been playing pretty much every year with the exception being last year with the COVID year. But Brom won the first matchup, and P.J. Fleck has got the better of them three times since then. I think just coming off of that unforgivable loss to Bowling Green, you're going to have a very hungry offensive line, a very hungry Minnesota team. As crazy it is to say, you don't really need that emergence of what old-school Tanner Morgan in this game to get a win. doesn't feel like Purdue's offense is really anything special either, so I am taking Minnesota. Big get-right game, and one that I think end of the year proves important for that bowl eligibility. I cannot forget Minnesota. For last week, my BGSU Falcons pulled off uh, what that was the biggest upset of the year so far, right? I think there were 30 and a half point dogs. If like it that. wasn't the top one, it was certainly right there. Yeah, I mean, BG's one of the worst teams in the FBS. With that being said, there's no way I can pick Minnesota this week. There's just no way in hell I can do that. I think Purdue's decent. I mean, their only loss is to. Uh, you know, a top 15 team in Notre Dame, and they really hung around that game. So having that game at home is also obviously pretty huge. So I'm rolling with Purdue minus two and a half. I'm going to roll with Purdue money line, and then I'm going to root for the over because I hate, hate, hate rooting for the under. I'm just hoping that Purdue's offense finally starts to get rolling a little bit here. Hate rooting for the under as a Big Ten fan, must be like a foreign language. But whose side are you on here, Hayden? Are you going to take his boiler up boilermakers in this one? Are you with the fighting P.J. Flex as much as you hate him? No, I I cannot forgive Minnesota. Uh, that is a horrible, horrible loss. And I, I think they're pretty much done for this year. Stick a fork in them. Purdue minus two and a half. I'm rolling with Jeff Brom and the boys. I'm also taking Purdue money line because why not? If you're taking on two and a half, you might as well throw the money line on there. And as much as I hate betting the under, betting the under because I don't think either team is going to score that much. It's, it's brutal if you bet a game and bet and you're rooting for the under to hit. It's absolutely boring. But neither one of these offenses are that impressive to me. 
So I'm I'm taking my smart money and I'm going with the under. Yeah, for me it's less of a root for it's the you pick it, you take it out of your head and you just root for your pick in the game and if it just so happens the under hits, yip yip hooray. But I won't be sitting here and act like I'm not scoreboard watching when teams like Notre Dame and Wisconsin are stuck at 40 and then we throw two consecutive pick sticks in the over was a lock in that game. I don't want to hear any you excuses. Shut your mouth. You were so lock. wrong. Lock. I hate Special you. teams touchdown, two defensive touchdowns, absolute lock. You knew how that was going to happen. I hate you. I'm not going to lie, Wally. I know this is off topic, but Casey and I and uh, our family was sitting at, I don't even know what this place was, and we're watching the game, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, the over is dead in the water. There's no chance that it hits. And all of a sudden, Notre Dame runs back a kickoff, scores two pick sixes. All bets are off, baby. Well, when they went up 17-13 on the kick return, I was already doing mental gymnastics on whether or not that was a good thing for me or not. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They need two more touchdowns. The way these teams have played, that feels like a lot. And then go figure with the way Graham Mertz has played this year, the worst thing I could have had happen is Wisconsin's offense was on the field for the over-under, which is a perfect segue into Wisconsin. They host the number 14 Michigan Wolverines this weekend. The big noon game on Fox. The Badgers are a one and a half point favorite here, which I think is a testament to what we were talking about last week, that Wisconsin is a better football team than their record shows, and that people, at least Vegas is smart enough to understand that. Maybe not the average person, but this is a game that I think it could be, it's anybody's game. Going into this, both offenses really haven't been able to move it through the air at all. And I think that's going to be ultimately the deciding factor on who wins this game. But Casey, you are a former Michigan Wolverine fan. I want to just kind of get your gauge on this. I know you often talk about how they struggle to win in Madison. Is that going to lead you to pick away from them and go with the Badgers minus one and a half? And on top of that, that over under is 43 and a half as well. Yeah, um, that is not true. Not only does the game being in Madison influence my decision on who who's going to win the game? But also, really the way Michigan looked in the second half of last week was very concerning. It seemed like they were having the same issues that they had last year with their offense, which was, you know, terrible. Their run defense was getting gashed at points in the second half last week. And I just think that's a perfect storm for Wisconsin to find, to kind of get back on track and win win a big game. They've had some tough losses so far this year. But I, I think they get it done. I'm going with Wisconsin minus one and a half. I'm also going to take Wisconsin money line. And then I'm going to go with the under because I think Wisconsin gets it done like 28 to 10, 28 to 13, somewhere in that range. Wow. So you're you're not even like – you're like a two-score game, maybe even a three-score game. Yeah, I th- I think if they would have given me a touchdown, I still obviously would have been comfortable taking that one too. Hayden, we'll go to you now. Who do you wow. got in this? Yeah, I, I was a little surprised by the large number. Not so much the Wisconsin pick, but what do you have? Are you riding, I guess, with the Badgers here? Or I know last week when we posed the question of what the spread was, you said that if it was a pick you would have bet your life savings on Michigan – is that still ring true a week later now that you've had time to digest the games? 
maybe I'm crazy and maybe this will come back and haunt me. I feel like I have a pretty good beat, a pretty good pulse on this Michigan team. Last week, I was the only one riding with Ruggers. This week, I'm the only one riding with the Wolverines here. I am taking Michigan plus the point and a half. I'm taking them on the money line, but I also think the under hits. I don't know. I don't. Think, there's no scenario in my mind that the over hits. There's literally none. It's, it's going to come down to both teams, really, I guess, their ability to stop the run. And I I know Michigan looks not great in the second half against Rutgers. And that is that's a little concerning. But also at the same point, if we if we would have stopped that game at halftime, which I know you don't, but if you stopped that game at halftime, we would have said, Oh, Michigan looked pretty good. Like, you know, they they I thought they, we thought they were gonna run away with that game at half. And I don't know. Second half was concerning, but I, I think Wisconsin has so many problems on the offensive side of the ball. I don't trust Graham Burst at all, like literally zero. And, and he seems to have some a little bit of a turnover bug, which I think could play huge in this game. McNamara, I don't think he's thrown a pick yet in college, like 140 attempts, which isn't you know an absurd number, but he hasn't thrown a pick in college. So I think this game comes down to turnovers. Who turns it over in that key spot or – maybe on their own side of the field. And it, it seems like Wisconsin is more likely to do that in my book. That's a fair observation. I guess the only thing I would raise to that is what happens if Wisconsin gets up in this game 10 nothing or, or even 14 nothing, something like that. Is Cade McNamara going to be able to bring this Michigan team back with his arm? Especially, no. Yeah, and in a hostile environment like this, I mean, we kind of talked about it. I wish that, uh, Casey, obviously you weren't there because you were still at the lake. But I would say that the main difference between these two teams, the distinguishing, I guess, element is the Wisconsin defense right now. And I think purely on how much respect I have for the Wisconsin defense, that's why I'm going with Wisconsin to win, Wisconsin to cover. I have the exact same bets as Casey. The under, I, I literally, at this point, I think they could play eight quarters. And I don't know if they get 43 and a half. But it's almost the inverse of what we're seeing with that Ole Miss-Alabama game where I don't know how many of you out there are familiar with the spread of that. It's 79 and a half right now, which would be the largest spread in SEC history. When the spreads are this high or this Take low... Take the over. It, that's it. When the spreads are this high or this low, it almost feels like a dare from Vegas. They're like, you won't do it. And it's because they have a good beat on it. I think this is the kind of game that you could see... I mean, it being like a 24, I have 24-17, but I could see it being a 17-10 game, almost like a recreation of the Penn State-Wisconsin game to start the year. Michigan has to be able to survive, like, the first two possessions of this game. Yeah, yeah. And if they do that, I feel very, very good about my bet. But if it comes to the scenario where they don't and they are down 10 to nothing like Wally, I am in serious, serious trouble. Like it, I, it, it'll go sideways quick if it gets like that. Last thing, Casey, will you give me Michigan plus 15 and a half in a bet side bet? Me and you. I will not. Um, That's a lot of points. Hayden. You just, you said 28 to 10. He said he would I, also I consider seven points. Yeah. Um, will you give I, me Michigan plus seven and a half? No, six and a half, though. Um, come on. Six and a half. Okay, I'll take it. That's fine. I'll take it. All six right. and a half. What do you want to bet? All right. 
I, I don't care. You can think of that in, in your mind. I need to get this point out before I forget about it. Um, <laughs> Wally, so the the reason why that I have the, the score being the way it is is because that's exactly how I think the game's going to play out. I think Wisconsin's going to get up to a two-score lead, 10-0, 14-0. Michigan's going to have to try to pass the ball, do things that they haven't been comfortable with doing so far this year. I think they just can't make it up. I think uh, Wisconsin controls the ball. They punch in a touchdown late, maybe make it 28 to 10, 28 to 13. That's why I think the score is going to be as, I guess, lopsided as I predict. Question for both of you. Now, I imagine if you win the toss in this game, you're probably going to defer purely on your defense's abilities alone. But let's say Wisconsin ends up receiving the, the opening kickoff. I feel like they are not going to do the let's get Graham Mertz a few easy throws. It's going to almost be the we're going to go back to old school Wisconsin football. You might see if they can, if they don't aren't forced to punt, you might see like a 12 play drive where they run the ball 10 or 11 times. What do you think? Like that Michigan's they look like? first drive against Rutgers? Similarly, yeah. Like, what do you guys think that first drive would look like? Let's say, I don't care who gets the ball. What are you trying to do early on in this game? Whatever works. Wow, that's uh, that's in depth. <laughs> if you can if you can run the ball for five yards of carry, you're gonna run the ball for five yards of carry. If you ha- if you think you have a scheme to where you can you know, expose some areas of weakness in the secondaries and you do that. I, I don't know. But based off of these two teams and what I think they're going to do, I think you got to pound the ball 10 times in a drive if you have the capability of doing that. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Michigan were to receive the ball, if they get if they get a first down, whether it be on, you know, two or three plays, if they Whoa. get the first down. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> they 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 let one they let McNamara just uncork one and throw it deep. I want to. I, I mean, if I was a Michigan fan, Michigan fan, I would like to see that. If, but if I was a Wisconsin fan, I don't because I don't want Graham Mertz throwing the ball more than six times. Okay, Hayden, and I I love that thought. I jumped the gun a little bit on your what you were saying. I completely agree with you. You take a, if you get a first down, you take a shot because that's just gonna make. The defense think, you know, the whole game, oh, they, they're going to take a shot. They will take shots, whatever, because we haven't really seen that too much out of Michigan. But if Wisconsin can load the box and Michigan doesn't try to stretch the field, Michigan is in some big, big trouble. It wasn't your fault, Casey. I kind of jumped the gun there, too, in my head when, I mean, you know it's a Big Ten podcast when he's making a proclamation about a first down, and my first thought was, Really? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, first down on the first drive, that might be tough for either of these teams. We'll, we'll move on. We've been talking about this game a lot, and I'm sure we'll get quite a bit of this next one as well. But the number one Ohio State Buckeyes, they are going to Piscataway to face the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. 3.30 afternoon game. Ohio State's a 14.5-point favorite, which is a little surprising when you consider the fact that last week, albeit Rutgers was traveling, you can see where Vegas is thinking about these kind of teams and how they're morphing throughout the year because they were, what, a 20-and-a-half-point dog at the big house, and now all of a sudden the number's falling a little bit. I think Vegas is starting to catch up and realize this Rutgers team is better than people are giving them credit for. Now we'll go to Hayden on you first on this one. The over-under is 58-and-a-half, and like I said, the Buckeyes are 14-and-a-half-point favorites. Do the Buckeyes get that number? I assume you have them winning. How does this game look to you? I will never take the under with this Ohio State defense. 
if it wasn't for the Akron guy dropping a touchdown to end the game last week, I win both bets on that, and, you know, we're sitting pretty. But, like I've said, this defense, I think, has taken some baby steps in the right direction. Do I think that they're just all of a sudden going to hold Rutgers to 10 points? No, I don't think so. I think this this might be the game where we see Ohio State's offense click a little bit. I would assume they're going to have Stroud back uh, after his week off. Maybe he looks, you know, rested and and hopefully his shoulder or whatever's bothering him is fine. I think Ohio State covers. I, I think, and that's purely based off, I think their offense gets rolling. And we, we've talked all year about this offense having talent. We just... We haven't seen it yet. And I think this might be the week that we finally see it. So I'm taking Ohio State minus 14 and a half. I'm also taking the over because I don't trust Ohio State's defense quite yet. I think Rutgers will probably be somewhere in the 20s. If I had to throw a score out, I'm going to say, shoot, 45 to 21, 45, 21, something like that. Casey, what is your, I guess, guess going into this game? Do you think Rutgers is able to play tight for a while? Or do you think Ohio State's able to finally, I guess, meet those preseason expectations in a game? Yeah, I I think that this game could be interesting for a little bit. I think it's going to kind of remind me of the um, Minnesota game at the beginning of the year, where I think... You know, you get into the second half and maybe Rutgers is maybe has a lead or hanging around a little bit. And Ohio State eventually, you know, gets a late touchdown to make it look a little better. But I was pretty impressed with Rutgers last week. I know, you know, we don't really we're not all too high on Michigan, but Michigan did have the best rushing attack statistically in the nation and they shut him down the entire second half. So I think that, you know, alone plays in Rutgers favor. So I'm going to go with Rutgers plus 14 and a half. And I can see this score being, man, like 38 to 24 or 35-24, something around that range. I kind of am with you, Casey, where I think this game, at least in the first half, you have more doubts than you would like to as an Ohio State fan. It does feel a little uncomfortable. I think you do see progress again that Hayden is kind of hoping for in the defense. Last week, we saw it, but we don't really know what it is when it's Akron. It's more or less a, a scrimmage. And that, I mean, it's good to kind of get these guys feeling confident and a little bit extra motivation going into these games. But at the end of the day, this is going to be your second true road test. And the first one, you win the game. Difficult after a year off without fans. But I think this is going to be a more challenging environment than people think it's going to be. Especially now. I mean, Rutgers... I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of this when we were doing the the summary of this game. But Greg Schiano, you can't give this guy enough credit. This team was a laughing stock two years ago, arguably of all of college sports. And now all of a sudden, they're competing in the big house. They're going to have Ohio State coming into town where they're only two touchdown favorites. You can't say enough about what this team's done. I do eventually think Ohio State wins this game and covers. I have a score being 42 to 24, so I'm hitting the over. But I think that that's got nothing to do with how Rutgers plays. I think Rutgers is on the right track. And in a game like this, you can feel really excited about their prospects going forward. Just not quite on this kind of level yet. Greg Schiano was born to be the Rutgers head coach. He's proven twice that he can, well, 
at least make them somewhat respectable, I guess. And that's, I mean, that's a tough feat for anybody. Greg Schiano has has figured this job out, and he can be there for life if he wants. Oh, by the way, guys, I am taking the over. All of us are on the over train, which typically, I, I need to almost go back and look when we all agree on a game how our record has been this year. I don't know if that's been a good thing or a bad thing. It just typically doesn't feel very good. But we'll go to the next game where the over-under is a little bit more realistic compared to the other games that we've been talking about here. Indiana's playing at Happy Valley, number four Penn State, a game that going into the year, we thought that we could be looking at a top 15 matchup here. Unfortunately, Indiana has come out of the gates a little slow. Looks like their offense started clicking a little bit against Western Kentucky last week, albeit everybody's offense clicks against Western Kentucky these days. The line right now is Penn State minus 12.5, with the over-under being 53.5. I'll give you guys mine real quick here first. I need to see a little bit more out of Indiana before I start believing. You guys talked about how Minnesota basically hurt you and you haven't been able to get over it yet. Indiana's kind of that team for me. I have trust issues right now with that team and that offense. So I'm going to say that Penn State wins this game 34-16. to So I'm taking the under, but I am going to take Penn State to cover in this game. I think coming off of that loss last year in the fashion that they lost that game, you're going to find a very hungry Penn State team. And kind of what you guys were talking about with the Michigan game, I think it's going to be very important for Indiana to start this game and basically weather the storm. If they can survive the first quarter here, I think they'll be at least able to maintain a competitive game throughout. But before I get, ask you guys the question about who you guys have in this game, can you explain to me how Penn State keeps getting night games that are actually competitive teams instead of having to play noon on Fox like everybody else? Because they're they're not top tier. That felt like such a shot. J- J- what, what, what was James Franklin's quote? We're not elite or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Don't never forget the 0-1 or after every loss last year, they're just tweeting Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, or whatever team he's playing. And then that started. I don't know what it, I had to bring that up. I just had to. But Casey, what are your thoughts on that? Because it kind of pisses me off, but I'm a Buckeye fan. So naturally, I'm going to be upset about things. That's a great point. I guess I didn't even realize that this game was a night game. I don't really have any beef with it, but I can understand from an Ohio State fan's perspective why you might. For the record. Happy Valley at night is one of the coolest things in college sports. I'm not advocating to get rid of night games at Happy Valley. I'm advocating for other Big Ten teams to get night games too. And not against Akron. But we'll go to you guys now. Whoever wants to jump in first. Penn State is minus 12.5 and and the over-under is 53.5. I am taking Penn State minus 12.5. I think Penn State's defense is pretty good. I think... We don't really know who Penix is this year yet. I mean, we're, I, I think we're still trying to figure that out. And maybe he'll kind of get back to normal. No, against, we, you know, we know. We know who he well, is. Just not very yeah, good. True. Yeah. I, ain't it. I don't know. I, I hate to just, you know, write the guy off after four games, but he hasn't looked good, and I don't think he'll look good in this game. I think he might throw a couple picks, have a couple turnovers here. Penn State minus 12.5. I am taking the under because I don't think Indiana is going to score too much because of how good Penn State's defense is. So Penn State minus 12.5, under of 53.5. So I assume, Hayden, that you're just saying that basically what Penix Jr. did last week was a product of 
who they played and less of what Indiana has figured out on offense. That would be correct, my friend. Perfect. How about you, Casey? Are you in the same boat? You think Indiana is going to struggle on offense on Saturday? Yeah, I do think they're going to struggle on offense. I didn't even pay attention. What was the score of that Western Kentucky-Indiana game last week? Does anybody know off the top of their head? 33-31. to 31. Oh, wow. Okay. I had it in walk-in memory because I had well, WKU money line, so I really yeah. wanted it. WKU did score with like two minutes left to make it a two-point game. Like It kind of was hovering around that touchdown to 10-point range the whole game. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I mean – I hate to be boring, but I'm also going to roll with Penn State minus 12 and a half. I mean, it's going to be lit there at, you know, Beaver Stadium. I think that, I mean, Penn State might be the best team in the Big Ten Conference, to be honest with you. The way they've looked so far through four games has been impressive. I think Indiana has struggled on offense. I don't think they're going to get it going on a night game against Penn State at Penn State. So I think that Penn State's going to end up with like 28 to 14 final under. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> That's it. We all have. Brave every- scored again. Brave scored again. No one likes you, Hayden. The Pirates are losing one nothing. Nobody's talking about that. Imagine having a competitive baseball team in October. You guys would have nothing. You would have no idea. You will never be able to take away those three years I had in the mid-thousands. That you'll never be able to take those away from me. But the next game, Northwestern is traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska. And oh, there's a double. As we speak, Hayden, you talked it into existence. The Pirates are going to avoid 100 games at this rate. But that's fine. Nebraska is hosting Northwestern in Lincoln. It's a night game. I'm kind of happy Nebraska gets a night game, at least in one that they're going to be favored. I think that fan base desperately deserves it after the last few years. They're 11 and a half point favorites in this game, which is so nice to see too, that Nebraska's going to get in theory, a game that at least you should win after the start to the year that they've had a brutal schedule. The over under is set at 51 and a half. Are we liking the Cornhuskers this week? Or do you think that Pat Fitzgerald has that Northwestern team coming off a 35, six win starting to click a little bit? I think our picks are going to start getting a little bit boring. But Northwestern is horrible, dude. Like, they are really, really bad. And we were saying the same thing after uh, about Nebraska after the first couple of weeks. But they've played well. I mean, recently, the last couple of weeks, I think maybe maybe they might have found something there. Um, yeah, I'm taking Nebraska minus the 11.5. I am taking the under because I feel like that's a crazy amount of points for uh, Nebraska and Northwestern to, to to combine to score. That seems like a lot, especially because Northwestern can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field. So under that, that could have also been a good super lock, the under here, which is super boring. I'm not going to do that, but minus 11 and a half in the under. Just so tough to see Northwestern like this. I'm also going to roll with Nebraska minus 11 and a half. I think... I mean, Nebraska played Michigan State pretty well last week. I think maybe they're starting to turn a corner. I really do. And I think they get they continue to keep turning a corner this game, and then I'm not going to give away my pick next week either. But next week's game is no lock for that team visiting Nebraska next weekend. It is no lock for Michigan. Doesn't Michigan so, play? Yeah. Yeah. 
that is a game if I were a Michigan fan, I'd be very concerned with because I the way this Nebraska team's been playing lately, I am not completely sold that Michigan's gonna win that game. So with that being said, I'm going Nebraska minus eleven and a half. I'm also gonna roll with the under. I feel like fifty one and a half is a crazy amount of points. I'm going with Nebraska winning something twenty four to six. It's kind of funny that you brought that up about the Michigan and Nebraska matchup next week, because I think next week without going too much on a tangent, cause we will have next week to talk about this, the matchups of Michigan and Nebraska and Ohio state and Maryland are nightmares for those two teams. If you flip those opponents, both teams feel a lot better about their odds than have they play those two teams individually. So we'll get into that next week, but I agree with you, Casey. I think that's a game that we need to look out for. And the reason why and I have the under, and I have Nebraska covering, and it's the reason is because the black shirts are back. I have this being a 20-3 to game. Had that punt return not happened on Sunday, had that not punt return not happened on Saturday, excuse me, Michigan State loses that game. They don't have a prayer to move the ball. They could not move the ball to save their life in the second half. Nebraska figured them out, and I... It's amazing. When you look back, even at that Oklahoma game, they held the Sooners to 21 points. This defense has been great all year. It's just I feel like because of that unfortunate game against the Illini to start the year, people wrote them off a little bit more than they should have. If Nebraska finds a way to beat that Oklahoma team or even beat that Michigan State team last week, I think we might be looking at a a Cornhusker team that has the capability of winning eight games in a regular season. I hate that you brought up that Nebraska-Michigan State game. Michigan State had first and goal at the three-yard line in overtime, and they settled for a field goal. I could not. That's unbelievable to me. Why would you ever trust a college kicker at any circumstance ever? You had three chances from the three-yard line to score, and you couldn't do it. I hate Mel Tucker. And we had the same conversation, ironically, on Sunday because the pick six that should have been in the first half of that overtime to me was even more unforgivable. You talked about, I wish I looked it up because number 51, that lineman for Nebraska, he is a mean SOB, dude. Going back even to that freaking Oklahoma game, he got his nose in every scrum. He looked like he wanted to fight any and everybody on the field. He's a guy just to look out for going forward in the season. I hate that I didn't look up and remember his name, but number 51 for Nebraska, he is a guy that I just, he's a guy you Cam Jurgens. And that's the perfect name for a Nebraska center, probably. If he's 51, he's probably their center, right? I don't know. It doesn't say. All I know is he's 6'3", 290. He's from Beatrice, Nebraska. I do not want to fight a guy from Beatrice, Nebraska. And just look at the guy. He's the most Nebraska Cornhusker kind of player of all time. I will remember. Let's get him on the pod. Let's bring him on. I will reach out to him immediately because that is a guy that I feel like is desperately needed. He's just so Big Ten. But we're going kind of spiraling out of control here. We all had the same picks for the last few. Hopefully this last game, maybe we get a little bit more parity here. But our honorary Big Ten team in the last couple weeks, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, are going up to East Lansing. To face those number 17 Michigan State Spartans that should have lost last week to Nebraska. This game's on FS1, and the Spartans are 11.5 point favorites. I think this is a little bit better of a matchup for them than it was for an Indiana team last week. 
I'm just going to tell you, I have MSU minus 11 and a half. I have the Spartans winning this game 41 to 28, in which is a very high scoring game for Big Ten standards. The over under is set at 63 and a half. Are you guys going to ride with me here? We taking Mel Tucker's Spartans to get it done and cover? Yes, sir, I am. I think Michigan State's going to handle it. A night game is always, you know, a, a little boost, in my opinion, on the spread for the home team. Wow, the over, wow, 63 and a half. That's kind of a lot, but I guess Western Kentucky does kind of put up some points. Just to go against the grain here, Wally, I'll go with the under. Michigan State minus 11 and a half, under hitting 38 to 21. Not so fast, my friend. I rode with WK. I didn't ride with them as hard as Wally because I didn't take the money line, but I rode with WKU last week, and I am riding with them again. And I I think this has more to do with what I think of Michigan State, which I don't think bad of them, okay? I I think they're okay. Their record is much better than I think than what we thought it would be maybe at at this point in the year. I thought maybe they'd have a couple losses by now. And And I think it might be time for them to come down to reality a little bit and... I'm not saying they're lo- I'm, They're not going to lose. They're not going to lose this game. They're playing at Howard. home at night. Yeah, you, you can call me whatever, but they're not going to lose this game at night. But it will be it will be close. WKU can score some points, and I, I think they will. I think I think they will. I'm taking the over. I think Michigan State will be able to score too. They'll be able to run the ball, uh, move the ball pretty much at will. It's going to come down to how much WKU can score against Michigan State's defense. And I think they can score a little bit here. So I'm taking the over, but I'm also taking what what are they? What is their mascot? I know we've already said this last week, I think, but the Hilltoppers? The Hilltoppers. I'm taking the Hilltoppers plus the eleven and a half. I like that pick just because they are going to put up points in this game one way or another. But the only thing that I would say for Michigan State that's playing into their favor is that Western Kentucky has scored 30 or more points in all of their games this year, and they've lost two of them scoring 30 or more points. Not ideal, especially when you're talking about teams like Indiana struggling offense and Army's triple option offense. I think Kenneth Walker is going to have himself a real day, and that's why we're going here. But do you guys have any final thoughts on any of these games in the slate before we wrap up? Just excited for this weekend of games. Excited to see you, Wally. Possibly Hayden. The invite is is officially sent to you if you want to come. I'll bet you don't. I'll put the odds are probably plus 500 that, that you don't. No, that you do, right? Am I saying that right? Anyway, getting sidetracked. No, I don't have any other final thoughts. Hayden, good luck to you on Friday. Wally, can't wait to see you. We mentioned it very briefly at the top of the at the top of the show, but I'm this SEC slate this week is really really good. I'm excited to watch and low key. I, who would have thought this? Arkansas looks like they're pretty good. So shout out to them. I'm looking forward to that Arkansas at Georgia game. That's at noon. That Ole Miss at Alabama game is going to be a blast. That's going to be 65 to 62 probably. I'll have to have that on the iPad or something while the Buckeyes play, but. That'll be really fun. Also, I just want to keep everybody informed. My Braves are up 3-1 to one in the bottom of the fourth. So it looks like we're cruising towards, yet again, another division title. Uh, shout out to us for that. I'm definitely going to buy a t-shirt. 
Anything else? Anything else? No, Casey, good luck tomorrow. Plan on a Thursday. Thursday night. Thursday night showdown. Nobody cares. I do. That sounds bad because the way you said it, it made it sound like nobody cares about Casey's game, but you do. Oh, God. Yeah, where people that don't know is these two goons send each other Skype messages throughout the time, and he said nobody cares to the Brave stuff. For the record, we like we do care about each other's teams here. But my only final thoughts is I am really excited to go down and see your team play this weekend, Casey. I guess tomorrow by the time this is out today. And then on Saturday, great slate. If you could make it up, it'd be great to see you, though, Hayden. If not, Casey and I will hold down the fort. We'll be back on Sunday, which reminds me, I should have probably done this earlier. Make sure to give us a follow on our Twitter, at PNNPod, Facebook, at PNNPod, and Instagram also, at PNNPod. Otherwise, guys. The total for the Alabama game is now 80, which is mind-boggling. <laughs> 80 points. I'm, I would take Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. They're going to score, dude. They're going to score a lot. Just imagine telling anybody six, seven years ago that a Nick Saban coached Alabama Crimson Tide game was going to have an over-under at 80 where the spread wasn't like 50. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unreal. Very much so. But we'll see you guys next week for episode 27 of Pigskins and Nylon.